Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us. Why don't we go right into prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, O oh Lord God, for this time that we have to spend with you, Lord, and we praise you and just magnify thy name, O oh Lord God, because only you are worthy of our praise. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into these scriptures today, O oh Lord God, that Holy Spirit will be present with us and give us a fresh anointing to hear and to understand your words here today, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it wherever you will, O oh Lord, for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the master's name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God, who's happy to be alive in the house of the Lord today, and I hope you are, are happy to be alive because we should be blessed by every single day of life that the Lord gives us, amen, amen. Today I want to ask you just a, a, a simple question. Um, have, you, have you ever experienced change in your life? Have you ever experienced change, okay? Now, all of us experience change, uh, in, even in our daily lives for that matter, and that change can have a form of you know, financial change, emotional or physical change or whatever it may be, but we all experience change. But how wonderful it is to always know that despite what comes your way, you're in the loving care of a loving Heavenly Father, who according to Scripture, who does not change like shifting shadows, James 1, verse 17. Our God never changes, so that means he's always there for us. From the moment, saints of God, from the moment that we are born, our bodies are constantly changing. Our bodies constantly go through different phases of life, and we're constantly changing. Otherwise, we don't grow and we don't develop. You know, our, our physical bodies and our minds, for that matter, it can't grow and develop unless we indeed go through and experience change. Our way of life is also constantly changing. You know, things are never the same. You know, we have new jobs. There are new routines that come into your life. New friends pop up into your life, you know, and for which most of the time we can be thankful to God, okay? However, not all changes that come our way are always welcome changes, okay? Not every single change that comes to our life is one that we are really happy to see. And such is a, it's just a part of life. It just can't be helped, you know? Not all changes are indeed welcome. We are often faced with events that fill us with distress. Things come into our lives that are not pleasing to us, are not pleasant. Again, that's a part of change. But God, God loves us and he wants to be near us at all times, at all times of trouble and change. God always wants to be near us. Okay. So the question today is, how do you face change? Okay. Do you have courage to face changes that come into your life? Okay, What courage do you have as these vicissitudes or changes of life come about? What courage do you have to face the changes? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus invites us into his loving care. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus gives us that invitation. So when we have these changes that come into our life, and if you feel burdened by that change, Jesus is saying to come, come unto him, bring it to him, okay? You know, we have to realize that Jesus, our Lord and, Savior, our Lord and Savior, and, and, and Lord God, our Father, you know, they have broad, heavy shoulders, and we should not be carrying these burdens, okay? So what courage do you have to face the changes that come into your life, okay? You must know that whatever changes come your way, you can face them with optimism and confidence. Don't be afraid of change, okay? Change many times comes unexpectedly. 
Sometimes we know about a change. You may know that your job is going to relocate or the school that you're going to, you're going to have to change schools. Maybe your children have to change schools, okay? But do you face those changes with courage, okay? Do you face those changes knowing that God is with you and that God will always guide you through the change, okay? So whenever change comes into your life, face that change with optimism and confidence that wherever you'll be going, whatever change is going to bring to you, that God will indeed bring you through it. He's not going to leave you alone, okay? The Bible promises us in Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble, okay? God is our very present help in, in trouble. He, he's there. He's there. He's our refuge. We can always run to God no matter what happens in our lives that changes the way you go about doing things or changes the things that come into your life. God is indeed a refuge that we can run to. He'll give us the strength to face that change. Okay. The Word of God also says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God. Okay, all things work together for good. Okay, so the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, when, when a, an unexpected change pops up and say, well, okay, God, again, you know, I, I know you're here with me. You know what this change is, is doing to me. You know how this change is impacting me. You know how this coming change is going to impact me. So I have to stop and just think to myself, all things work together for good for those that love God and that he's a very, 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 very present help in time of any trouble that may come into my life. You know, okay? So we have to always remember that God is there to help us through any kind of change. What kind of courage do you have, okay? What kind of courage do you have, okay, in order to manage change that comes into your life, right? I heard a story once. I heard a story, and I'm going to, going to just read it to you verbatim here. So I heard a story that talked about a little boy who was constantly pushed around by an overgrown bully who lived on his street. Okay, a little boy just pushed around and bullied by this guy who lived on the street. And one day, the father of this little boy found him on their front porch, looking through the large end of the telescope that he had given him. Okay, the little boy looking at this bully through the large end of the telescope. All right? And then when the father, when the dad told the boy that he had it turned the wrong way, okay, he had it turned the wrong way, the little boy answered, but I'm looking at Harry, that's the bully, I'm looking at Harry, and I don't want him to look any bigger. Now, if you've looked through the wrong end of a telescope, you know, you always know that the image that you see is smaller than what it is. It doesn't bring it closer to you. It pushes it further away, and the image is smaller. And I'm sure we've all looked through the wrong end of a telescope, the opposite end of the telescope. So the boy said, you know, so the dad said, you, you got it turned the, long, the wrong way, and the little boy answered, but I'm looking at Harry, who is the bully, and I don't want him to look any bigger. Looking at him this way, the little boy said, looking at it this way, I'm making him look awfully small, and I'm not afraid of him. Okay? Okay? So the little boy is saying, when he's looking through, the, through Harry, the bully, through the wrong end, Harry appears to be much smaller than he really is. So therefore, he's not afraid of him. So he's not afraid of him. Okay? Good story. Good story. The way he was viewing it. Okay, so a wise approach, and something we should learn from that little story there, a wise approach to difficulties or change in our lives is to look, look this way through our spiritual telescope, okay? We need to look at changes in our lives, anything that feels, that brings distress to us, through our spiritual telescope, okay? And that is, fill your mind with the thoughts of God and get God's perspective on things, okay? 
view things the way God perspective, God views things. The change that seems to be so large in your life, that change that seems to be so you know blown up in your life that feels so threatening to you that you are afraid of, look at it the way God looks at it. Put on your spiritual telescope and view your particular change problem the, the way God views it, okay? And if you do this, you'll see how small this change or this thing that's bringing distress to you, you see how small that the situation really, really is. Okay. If you view things in your life the way God views it, God views your, your life as he sees the big picture. He looks at the big picture and he knows exactly where he wants you to go, even with that change that may be coming into your life. So don't view it as a big blown up thing in your life that's going to just uh, 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 you know, mess up everything that you want. It's that change you can't deal with. It's such a, a major issue. It's bringing such big distress. You know, Look at it the way God does in that in terms of the bigger picture, the bigger picture is where are you going to be in heaven? The bigger picture is that God is on your case, God is on your side, and God can manage anything that's in your life. And then that problem, that distressful change won't be so big to you. Amen? Amen? It won't be so big to you. It won't trouble you so much. Okay? You know, as an example, as much as the, the Apostle Paul, you know, accomplished for the spread of the gospel, uh, you know, back in biblical days there, you know, Paul was constantly harassed, you know, and he was denounced and he was even imprisoned. Okay, talking about someone with changes and with distressful situations, okay? However, Paul could always say, and you can also say the same things, that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. Okay, so when you're looking through that, through through this, you know, through life, and you're going through life, and this this change comes about again, don't view it as the kid did at first. You know, this big bully. You know, turn it around and put on your spiritual, you know, you know, telescope, if you will, and view that problem as being not as large as it appears to be. Okay, okay, because you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You know, you know, get that deep in your spirit. You're not in this life alone, <laughs> not by a long shot, saying to God. You're not in this life by, you know, you're not in this thing, this process that is called life by yourself. You know, day to day to day may seem just like a routine thing. It may seem like, oh, well, you know, go to bed at night, get up in the morning, go to work, go to school, whatever it is that's in your life, that's in your program or your routine, and then go to bed and start all over again. But you're not in this thing by yourself. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for you. Okay? 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 Now, many times the devil will throw these changes in there that seem so threatening. And sometimes it's just the way life itself happens. Not everything that happens in your life is an act of the devil. Sometimes it's just the way that life happens. Okay? But whether it be just by circumstance that these changes are coming about or something that the devil is throwing away, either way, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you the strength to do it. Okay, you're not in this thing called life by yourself. Okay, so don't view change as such a threatening thing. Okay, God is on your side. You've heard me say many, many times, and he will give you the confidence to meet every single change in your life with confidence and with victory. Okay, he will give you the confidence that this thing that's bring, coming into my life that is so new, you know, that is so new, it's not going to, it's not going to, to shake my foundation in Jesus Christ. It's not going to change the way I view my life in Jesus because God will give you the courage to face whatever change that comes about. Amen. You're not in this thing by yourself. You know? Many times we are faced with change in life and we don't quite know how to deal with that change. Sometimes these changes involve other people. Not only circumstances, sometimes these changes involve other people and we don't quite know how to deal with them. You don't quite know how to, to deal with them. 
A new person will come into your life. A new person will come into your job, a new neighbor on the block, or a, a, a new family member, you know, whatever it may be. It could have been a, an old family member that maybe you haven't seen in years, but now for some reason, you know, the relationship has been rekindled, and now you're together, and circumstances throw you together, and, and now you're in each other's lives, or this person is in your life, and it really feels like it's a major change, and you don't quite know how to deal with them, okay? And then what happens is that we wind up worrying, and we become stressed out. Okay. This is because many times we forget, many times we forget that we are anointed. Many times we forget that we are anointed. When that change comes into your life, be it a circumstance, be it a person, be it a, uh, an object, a, a, an unexpected move, whatever it may be, and this change is, called, is bringing distress to you, and you're looking for courage in how to deal with that change, something that very fundamental that we need to remember we are anointed okay you are anointed and don't forget that if we realized what this anointing means we wouldn't be so worried about overcoming change in life okay if we realized and understood what this anointing means we wouldn't be so worried and overcome by the changes in life okay now i wouldn't throw out a word like that all of a sudden anointed and then not take you through exactly what that means based on the Word of God. Based on, we have to always look at the Word of God. Good time for me to mention, by the way, if you don't have your Bible, please hit the pause button and run and go get your Bible and come back and then hit play again and rejoin us because it's so important that you read these scriptures for yourself. Just don't take my word for it. You read these scriptures for yourself. Highlight them, outline them so you can return to them uh, in the future as Holy Spirit so guides you, okay? Or if indeed something comes up in your life where you, re you really need to read the Word of God. So it's very important that you listen to these messages with your Bible. Amen. So we're going to go to um, the, the uh, second book of Corinthians. We're going to go to the second book of Corinthians. And we want to go to verse number one. I'm sorry, second book of Corinthians, chapter one. Second book of Corinthians, chapter one. And we want to start with verse number 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with, with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and even the earnest of the spirit in our hearts, who has sealed us and is the earnest of our spirits in, in, uh, in his hearts. In our, okay. In other words, the spark of the Holy Spirit which we receive, the spark of the Holy Spirit which we receive in this current life is sort of like a down payment. It's a preview or sample of the full life in the Spirit which we will someday experience in heaven. Okay. It's just a, a, a foretaste of what is to come. Okay. So when the when the Word of God says that who has also sealed us. Okay. And given the earnest of the, of the Spirit in our hearts. And, and the earnest is kind of like a down payment, okay? It, it's a taste of what life is going to be like, fully operating in the Spirit when we get to heaven, okay? And being sealed, okay? So there's special about us, okay? When you're sealed, that's like our, um, uh, uh, you know, if a king put a seal on something, you know that this is the property of the king. 
all right? It's the property of the king, and, and you, you can't touch it. It belongs to him, okay? You, you're sealed. You're a born-again believer. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So now you are sealed by Holy Spirit, and you have Holy Spirit in you. So we're going to talk about this anointing thing. So what does it mean to be anointed? What does it mean? Well, a little bit of background here. Religiously, the Jewish people anointed the altar when making sacrifices, all right? All right, priests were anointed with oil, later followed by Samuel anointing both Saul and later David as kings of Israel. This anointing signified a person, that a person was chosen uh, among other people, okay? This set that person apart. That anointing meant that this, the, the, this person is, is signified by God for a specific task or for a specific reason. He was chosen among other people. Okay, and if you remember, if you remember when uh, when Saul uh, um, uh, when Samuel anointed David, and he went to his father, and and he had so many sons, and he went through each son, and he said, "No, this is not the one. This is not the one. This is not the one." God had told told him to go and do that to anoint the uh, to anoint the boy, and when he and he knew that when he got to David, that he was the one that God wanted to anoint and anoint, and so he anointed David. All right. So anointing means that this person is chosen by God for a special reason, okay? But what does it mean spiritually? Today, some people speak of certain Christians as being anointed. You've heard the expression, you know, oh, pastor so-and-so is so anointed, or she is so anointed, uh, sister so-and-so is so anointed, or the minister is so anointed, or someone, someone, someone is so anointed. Maybe you've heard that, you know, God bless them, boy, man, just being around them is so awesome because they're, they're anointed, okay? Well, well that, that's not quite the same thing. Okay, when they do that, when people say that, they're generally using the Old Testament understanding of someone that is being set apart or standing out as a person specifically blessed by God. Okay, now you can certainly have an, a, you know, an enormous blessing by God and so forth, and you're, you're displaying certain traits and things like that. You, you know, and, and, and so that is indeed something special. I'm not trying to downplay it. Okay, but saying that that person is simply anointed in, in, in the real sense of the term is not exactly 100% accurate. Okay, while God does bless some people with ministry gifts in more visible ways than others, the term anointed is not the best to describe this blessing. Okay, God does indeed bless some people with ministry gifts in apparently more more visible ways ways than other. So the term, but the term anointed is not the best way to describe what God has done in this person's life. Okay, all believers are anointed by God. Okay, when you get to the to the to the to the real use and term uh, the, use, the use of the term anointed, all believers. That means you, if you're a believer and you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, then it means that you are anointed. Not according to my word, we're going to see according to Scripture. You are anointed. So all of this is coming down to the change that's happening in your life that you're maybe feeling so distressed about. Okay, And you're looking for courage to face this change. Say, whoa, wait a minute. Why am I feeling so stressed out? Why am I distressed? I am anointed. I have an anointing. All believers are anointed by God, okay, okay, or or, or, are, or are specially chosen by him. And if you are a believer, you are anointed. So the question I put to you today is, do you believe you're anointed? Do you believe you're anointed, okay, you know? And I know there may be so many times in your life when you may say to yourself, boy, oh boy, so-and-so and so maybe you have, <laughs> gee whiz, I sure don't feel very anointed, <laughs> you know, I sure don't feel very anointed, <laughs> You know, this is happening and this is going on. Well, well what, what is appearing to happen in your life 
what you are seeing with your eyes, you walk not by, by you walk by faith, not by sight, but you're seeing what you with your eyes, and what appears to be happening, okay, does not negate the fact what God says about you. It doesn't change the fact of what God said about you. The word of God says, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have Holy Spirit, then you're anointed. Okay, so even though you may not feel very anointed, you know, when you're wondering how the bills are going to get paid, when you're wondering when so-and-so in your, in, your, in your family is going to stop acting up, when you're wondering when your boss is going to start behaving him or herself, you know, all that, it doesn't change the fact that you are indeed anointed. Okay, that means that you've been touched by God. If you believe in Jesus, as I said, if you believe the rest of the Bible, then you should also be able to believe that you are anointed. Okay? I believe Jesus Christ is my, is my Lord and Savior. I've asked him into my life. I've given my life over to him. He's the son of the living God. I believe everything else that's in the Bible. I believe everything else that's in the Bible. Okay? So why can't you believe that you are anointed? Why does it seem so far-fetched to you? Okay? All right? In Luke 4.18... The concept of this anointing thing, uh, 418, uh, Luke 4.18, in the New Testament, we're told that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Okay? The anointing is, talking, is being talked about there, and Jesus was anointed. Well, you say, well, Jesus was God and the Son of God, etc., etc., so it makes sense that he was anointed. The Word of God also says that you are anointed. Okay? Again, don't take my word. The Word of God says so. You are called. And why does God need to draw us to salvation? You're, you, you've been called by God. If you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've been called by God. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and if you, by chance, just happen to stumble upon this particular podcast, or if someone else has referred you to these podcasts, then maybe God is calling you. Okay? If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior yet, then maybe God is calling you. Okay? All right? And if he is, don't tarry, saint. Don't tarry. Run to him and ask Jesus into your life. It isn't a long, drawn-out prayer. It's not overly difficult. You don't have to stand on one foot and light uh, three candles and turn around eight times or some nonsense like that. You simply... Deep in your spirit, you know that you need Jesus. You need someone in your life. You know God is the only one that can help you. And you confess your sins and you simply say, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I, I cannot live this life. I cannot run my life the way I'm doing. I know that only you can help me. I know that you are the son of the living God and that you died for my sins, that you made it possible for me to even come to you to ask for help. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Be my Lord and Savior. Okay? It's that simple. If you believe that deeper than your heart, then you're saved. You're born again. Okay? You've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Okay? So again, I just say that, 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 that if you believe everything else in the Bible, and the Bible talks about what I just said to you here, and, and, and then it means that you're called. And why, again, I say, why does God need to draw us to salvation? Well, simply put, if he didn't, we would never come. If we didn't come to salvation, if we didn't answer that call, we would never come. Jesus explains that no man, that no man can come unless the Father draws him. That's in John 6, verse 65. No man can come to, to the Father, to, to, to Jesus, unless the Father draws him. Amen? Unless the Father draws him. You see, you've got to understand that the natural man 
has no ability to come to God. The natural man has no ability to come to God, nor does he even have the desire to come to God. Okay, the word of God says because man's heart, man's heart is, 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 um, is uh, without God, is hard and his mind is darkened. So therefore the unconverted person doesn't desire God and is actually an enemy of God, Romans 5.10. Okay, so the man, so in his natural state, without God, is he has a darkened heart and a darkened mind, and does not even want to do the things of God. Okay, this is why you see, and you may know many, many people around you that behave and do the things that they do, and you scratch your head and you wonder why do they do and why do they say the things that they that they say. It's because their minds are darkened, their eyes are, are, are shut, they cannot see. Okay, so man in his natural state has no desire for God. Okay, but that doesn't mean that God is not calling out to those people. That person in your family, that person on your job, in your school, or someone in the neighborhood that you know, you know, that needs the Lord so badly, God is calling him. It's not God's will that anyone should perish on this earth. It's not, it's not God's will that anyone should, should not hear and know the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what ministry is all about. Okay, okay. So, so without that calling, without that calling, no one can come to God. Okay. So, 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 so you that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God called you, God was calling you, for a long time perhaps, until finally you decided and you woke up and you said, Jesus, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help. I need help. And at that point in time, you called out to Jesus Christ. You see? You see? Okay? Okay? Okay, man's heart is inherently, it, 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 it's, it's dark until God does the calling. Okay? So, so at, at first glance, Going back to Paul, it may appear that Paul only spoke of himself and, and those with him um, as being anointed. However, he states that the Holy Spirit within the believer is associated with God's anointing. Right? Every Christian is anointed or chosen by God as his children, set apart for him for acts of service. Every single one of us is called by God. Every single Christian is anointed by God, once you, once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if we go to Ephesians 1, go to the book of Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, and starting with verse number 1, Ephesians 1, verse number 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, underline all, okay, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It means you have all of the spiritual blessings. Does it always feel like you're blessed? Well, hey, again, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. If God says that you have the spiritual blessings, then it means that you have the spiritual blessings. Maybe something in your life hasn't manifested in your life yet, but that doesn't mean that God is not already taking care of it. Amen? 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 All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay? So here it says that you've been chosen before the foundation of the world. God knew you long before you were born into this physical realm under your, by your mother and father, your physical mother and father. Okay? So it's a chosen thing. God has chosen you. 
Okay. Now, whether or not we uh, we give in and come to God, or whether we uh, decide to to follow that calling and give in to that calling that God has placed into to our lives, doesn't mean that God did not know you. Okay. Again, like I said, it's not will that anyone on this earth should perish. Go without coming to know Him, know Jesus Christ. Okay, and thereby know the Father. Amen. Amen. So you see here it says that uh, according for according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him uh, in love. Okay. And now also, if you go to verse thirteen and fourteen here, it says that in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. Okay, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Gospel means good news, the good news of your salvation. In whom also, after that you believed, underline the word believed, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, not my, my words, the word of God. After that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. All right. So the very fact that you believe, you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, and the basis for you being saved is the fact that you believe, you believe, you believe in your heart of hearts that Jesus Christ is exactly who the Word of God says He is. You believe, that means that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're born again, you're saved, you have salvation now, and, and, and you're saved, and that, that uh, it says that to whom after, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or the down payment, the beginning, a taste of, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Okay, okay. So after you believed, it says that, that you were sealed and you were given the Holy Spirit. Okay, you were sealed with that promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. So you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that deep within your spirit, deep within your heart, that if, because of the fact that you have Holy Spirit, that you are sealed. Therefore, in the, in the fact that God had his hand on you from the beginning of the, of the foundation of the earth there, okay, God knew you. You've been chosen. So that means that you're, you're a special person. And so the change that comes into your life should not bring fear. You should be able to, to deal with that change with courage, knowing that you are indeed anointed. Every Christian is anointed or chosen by God. Okay? Okay? Even as he chose us in, in before the foundations of the world, okay, you were indeed chosen. If you go to 1 John, if you go to uh, 1 John 2, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, and we want to go to verse number 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. No lie is of the truth. No lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Okay? Okay? So again, uh, to verse number 20, I want to do that again. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And then you go to verse number 27, and it says, But the anointing which you have received, now underline, the anointing that you have received, of him abides in you. All right, now again, not my words, the word of God. The anointing which you have received abides in you, and you need not that any man should teach you. 
Then any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Okay, so there it is, unchallenged, unconvertedly. Okay, that that the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you. So, saying of God, you are anointed. Okay, again, not my words, the Word of God. You're a child of God. You're born again. You accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That means that you are anointed. And as the fact that you are anointed, then any change that comes in your into to your life, in, into your, your sphere of influence, you should not indeed be worried. You should not you should not be bullied about or bounced around because the Holy Spirit is in you and the, and the Holy Spirit is in you and because he is it says uh, you need that any man should teach you but as the, as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as that taught you you shall abide in him okay so it says there there, there that the same anointing uh, no need that any man should teach you so what that is saying there that that, that is not saying that uh, 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 no one can teach you anything that is saying that the deeper things of God the truth of God the things that are real truth with a capital T the Holy Spirit can teach you these things and no man can teach you. Okay. Now you may have heard me say before that there are are, are, are some groups that go around, you know, talking about, uh, you, you know, they have these, these healing rooms. I'm sorry, saints of God, who you know, who have frequented those places, you know, these healing rooms and, 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 and are, uh, what is it? And, and how to speak in tongues and, and all this sort of things like that. And, and all man can do is to teach you what the word of God says. Okay, but that actual healing, no one can teach you that. That is a gift of, from the Holy Spirit. Okay, there are some things a man cannot actually teach you. Only the Holy Spirit can teach you. So what this is getting at here again is that the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but at the, as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. The anointing that is in you will teach you and tell you of truth. And will, will not steer you wrong and will not tell you lies. So that change that may be coming into your life, the one that you can rely on is Holy Spirit to guide you through that change, whatever decisions you may have to make because of that change. That new person that is now involved in your life, be it a friend or family member, whomever it may be, that you're having a hard time relating to or a hard time dealing with, the Holy Spirit can teach you and guide you in that relationship. The Holy Spirit can teach you and guide you and make you to help you make decisions about if I have to move, then what should I do to make that move? If you're in a new job, a new, a, a new, uh, um, a, a new position or whatever, and you're not sure about how to do that, the Holy Spirit can teach you how to, to go through this new change that has given you some difficulty difficulty right now for the time being. You are anointed. Believe that saint of God. You have, anoint, you have an anointing on you. And as you have that anointing, then there is nothing at all that you should fear. Nothing. Nothing. Because the Holy Spirit is in you and to guide you. The Holy Spirit is in you and to guide you. So there is no reason for you to be concerned. Okay? Again, you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all knowledge. Okay? You have all knowledge and God will make that knowledge available to you when and it, when it is needed, you know. I tell people all the time, you know, they talk about things that, that happen at work and on their jobs and, and all of a sudden a new assignment or whatever may come up and, and it's so different from what you used to do and everything like that. You don't know how to deal with it. And when I was working in the secular world and, uh, you know, dealing with a, a lot, of, lot of various people, and an assignment suddenly come across my desk that I was unsure of. First thing I would do is close the door to my office and I'd go into prayer. How do I approach this, Lord? How do I approach this? 
You know, this is new to me. I haven't dealt with this particular thing before, okay? And, and, and I'm telling you, with, without fail, without fail, okay, the Holy Spirit would give me, start here, and you start writing, and next thing you know, it just starts pouring out. It just starts pouring out. Amen, amen. God will tell you exactly what it is that you need to do. Amen. So, so, so have courage. So have courage to face the change that comes into your life because you're not in this change by yourself. Okay. God is never, ever, 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 ever going to let you go someplace uh, 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 where you will not be able to, to function. Okay. Or to manage those conditions. God will never let you go there. Okay. Okay. You know, kind of think of the fact that he's your co-partner, if you will. I mean, he's always there with you. I mean, he's your heavenly father. Obviously, I'm not putting you by saying co-partner. I'm not saying that you're, you're his equal, not by a long shot. He's our heavenly father. But what I'm saying there is that he is a part of your life, okay, that wants to go through life with you as almost as a partner. You know, I tell you, you heard me say before, I get in the car, okay, Lord, let's go get in the car with me, get in the car with me, you know, and I picture him being right there next to me in the seat, in the passenger seat there and so forth, you know, and he's guiding the way, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. And so, I mean, you have to get to the to the point that you remember that because of the fact that you are anointed according to the word of God and that you have Holy Spirit. Okay. That God has certain plans for you. He's not going to have you going into something that you can't deal with, not by a long shot. Okay. All right. And and let's go to Romans. On that note, let's go to Romans, uh, Romans twelve. Romans twelve. First number, one. Okay, he has a plan for your life. Rest on it. I beseech you, verse number one, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, verse two, underline all of verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, okay? So the important thing there is be not conformed to this world. So when you face uh, a, a change, unexpected change in your life, the first thing that you have to remember, well, I'm not going to respond to that change the way the world or someone that is not a believer would respond to the situation, okay? okay? And don't be conformed. Don't let people, especially people that are not of God, try to give you advice on how you should deal with that change, okay? I mean, you can listen, you can listen, but everything... Everything that is said to me, especially about making a decision, I may listen to someone because I don't always know, you know, who's a, who's a Christian and who isn't, or who is, who is a godly person, if you will. I don't always know that. But I will listen, and then I will bounce it off Scripture, and I will pray about what they're saying, okay? But I will not conform my thinking. I will not conform my thinking. I will not conform my thinking to the way that particular person is thinking or advising or guiding me, especially if they're not a child of God. Okay, and Holy Spirit will tell you in a hope in a, in a minute. Holy Spirit will tell you. Just got the reading. The Holy Spirit will, will tell you in a minute. Ah, no, 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 no. What you're hearing is not of me. Okay, what you're hearing is not of the Father. Okay, uh, and, and you will know. Okay, so don't go conforming your thinking, and, and especially conform your mind. Just because everyone else is going along and doing a certain thing, this change that may come into your life may be involving other people. And if other people are, are invo involved in this change, if other people are deciding, you, you know, based on worldly decisions to do this or to do that or to say this or to say that, don't be conforming your thinking and your mind to the way they are thinking and the way they may be acting. Not by a long shot. Do not do that. Okay? All right? 
My father used to used to say to me, you know, as a youngster, I'd wind up getting into trouble and so forth. And then when my mother or father would say something to me, I'd say, "Well, Johnny did so and so, so and so. Johnny did so and so." My father would say, "Well, don't you know? Don't be simple, boy. You, would you follow Johnny off the Brooklyn Bridge? Okay, just because he is doing that, you know, you know, you know, you know." And then ultimately he'd say, "Well, so and so is wearing so and so. How come I can't wear it?" My mother and father would both say, "Well, you're not one of them. You're not one of them. We're your mom and dad." Okay, and we don't do this and we don't do that. Okay, so, so, so from an early time I was taught not to just conform to other people simply because they were doing it. Right? So it's really, really, really uh, critical as we become children of God. We become born again and we're following God and we're going through this life, you know. And I've said to you before, once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you know, like, boy, you know, you're a bigger threat to the enemy. So it seems like sometimes, you know, the the, uh, the challenges of life uh, get stepped up and get more and more difficult, okay. But either way, that, that happens. If it does happen, though, rest assured that God is there with you, okay, and God knows the challenge that is being presented to you. Okay, but don't be conformed to the thinking of the, of the world. Okay, but transform your mind, transform, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that you may be you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will only guide you into the perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man, uh, grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, okay? So just because now you're learning that you are an anointed person, that God has chosen you, don't go thinking now that I am so special and everything here, you know, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think. In other words, don't get puffed up, okay? Because then you wind up getting a haughty spirit, okay? And that's ushering in that spirit of pride. And we know where pride came from. Amen. Amen. So, so you don't want to go there. Okay. It says not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. Okay. So we being many, we being many are one body in Christ. We're one body in Christ. Even though we are many, we are one body in Christ. And every one members of another. Having then gifts, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Okay? Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the, to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering or, or he that teacheth on teaching. Okay? All of us have, have a gift. All of us have a gift. And it, it's, been, it's been given as God wills it. And it's for a reason. It's for a reason. Okay? Whether it be prophecy, prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching. Okay. Now you, you, you have a ministry out there and, and ministering does not necessarily mean you're not yet, yet a pulpit, a pulpit or uh, uh, preaching. Okay. Okay. Ministering takes many, many, many forms. So and it says there, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. If you're not sure what that is, ask God, what is your purpose? What is your ministry? Okay, you got to realize also that many times when God sends someone across your path, be that work or family member or someone in the store, maybe, you know, that you just happen to to get into conversation with, you know, you know, and, and, and something will come up or something will be in discussion and you'll start telling that person about the benefits of knowing Jesus and you'll start sharing the word with him. You're ministering to that person. You're ministering to them at that point in time. Okay, you're ministering. Doesn't mean you're doesn't mean you're behind the, the uh, pulpit preaching. But you are certainly there ministering. 
Okay, okay. So, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, uh, or that teacheth, or on teaching. Okay, or he that exhorts and exhortation, he that gives, gives, let him do with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so all I'm pointing out here is that is that we we are all anointed and we've been called together. We are the body of Christ. We're all children of God, and we have a purpose. So don't think that there's any way that this change that may have manifested in your life, that has come into your life, okay, is going to take you away from God's purpose for you, okay? God's purpose for you. You have a ministry. You have a calling. You are an anointed person of God. You're an anointed child of God. Remember who you are, okay? So as you can see from that scripture there, you are anointed and you have a special calling that's given by God and he'll always be with you. Amen. So if he's always with you, then why do you not face uh, a change with, with courage? Always face it with, with courage. So when you're facing that change, you should also remember that Jeremiah 1.8 says that I will always be with you. We know, you know, Joshua 1, okay, he says, be strong and be of a good courage because I, the Lord thy God, am with you the same way that I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Okay, remember that, that God is always there. When change comes into your life, remember your anointing and that God will always, always be there to bring you through with that particular change. Okay? Okay? And the fact that, you know, to me, it should bring you such solace and such courage and make you feel so good to know that you're not just, I, I take care in saying this, you're not just, you're not an ordinary person without God being there to help you. In God's eye, you're someone special. You're someone special. Now, don't go getting all puffed up. Scripture talks about getting puffed up with pride and being in the Holy Spirit. But just know that God is there with you. And whatever change comes into your life, you can have the courage to face that change. You can have that courage to bring you through because God will indeed, step by step, step by step, he will get you to where he wants you to be. Amen? Amen? Life is all about change. Like I said in the beginning here, you know, without change, our bodies wouldn't, wouldn't grow from the time we were children, we wouldn't grow, we wouldn't be able to, to, uh, to, to, to grow into maturity, amen, so change is a vital part of life, but never feel threatened by it, and always have the courage to face that change with God there at your side, amen, amen. I pray this message was a blessing to you, and if it was, please, you know, share the links to our um, to this ministry uh, with those that you love, or even someone that's giving you a hard time. Okay, we can be reached at www.genesis-one.org, or the link to this uh, podcast site is www.genesis one one word genesis one dot sermon dot net. And if you go to that website, look up in the upper right hand corner, and you'll see a button that says subscribe. Click on that button, and you'll be able to receive notification of these sermons uh, when they come out right away. Amen. Amen. I pray that all is well with you. Continue to go well and let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. I pray that these words stick with us all as we go through the balance of the week ahead of us, O Lord, and that we remember, O Lord God, that with the anointing that we have of you, that we have no reason to fear change that may come into our life. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Go in peace, knowing that Jesus is Lord.